Welcome to A Creative Life with Castella and Samantha Lawrence. I'm Cass. And I'm Sam. And we like to think of ourselves as your creative business besties. This podcast is all about living your best creative life. We're here to guide you through the ups and downs of life as a creative entrepreneur. All whilst following your intuition and listening to your soul whispers. Let's dive in. Hey, Cass. Hey, Sam. How are you? I'm good. Super, super excited today. How are you going? Yeah, me too. Me too. We have the beautiful Shani Thorpe with us today. Hey, Shani. Hi. Welcome. How are you going? Yeah, good. Excited to be here. Oh, so good. We're so excited to have you here. Um, I feel like this is going to be an awesome combo. So Shani, um, owner, founder of um, Wandering Folk, if you don't know, should know, go, <laughs> go follow him. Um, but we'll dive into um, our uh, interview soon. But um, Sam, you had a couple of cards fall out this morning. I did. I did. Um so intrigued and excited to see how these feel for you. So I pulled out the um, animal spirits today. I was just vibing that for you. And they, yeah, two fell out straight away. So the first one's the turtle spirit, which is slow and steady wins the race, which is all about like one foot in front of the other and just focusing on the next step and having patience. And the second card was the beautiful whale spirit, which is my favourite card in the whole deck, um, which is trust the great mystery. So just knowing that some things can't be known by the mind and just experienced by your heart and intuition and trusting that things that you can't see are happening in the invisible realms to put the seeds of your intentions into action. So yeah, I don't know if they mean anything to you on your journey of your business and life, which it may come out today, may not, but um, that's what fell out for you today. I feel like I need to learn from the um, turtle and be slow and steady. Yeah. <laughs> because, and patient, that's definitely not me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whale one sounds really beautiful and trusting in the next journey, which yeah, becoming a mum of two will be a very big journey and a big leap. Absolutely. So, so beautiful. <laughs> Let's start with an intro, Shani, um, an intro about yourself and, and um, we can dive more into your journey soon and, and the twists and turns of your journey, but um, just who you are, what you do and, um, yeah, a little bit about your business at the moment. Hi, everyone. I'm Shani Thorpe. I am a textile designer by trade. I'm a mother to a very wild three-year-old called Velvet and I've got a little boy on the way that's due in about eight weeks. Um, I live in a small coastal town in northern New South Wales in a little cottage by the beach and I'm the founder and owner of Wandering Folk, a picnic rug brand um, and accessories label. Beautiful, beautiful. So um, in our podcast we talk a lot about... um, strategy um, as well as spirituality so you have had like such a beautiful journey through your textile design um, career and then through to yeah your beautiful brand at the moment so can you give us like a little bit of a um, snapshot into that journey and that transition as well like so I guess winding the clock back a little bit um, from leaving school and then being like, what did that look like for you? Like those initial nudges to 
follow textile design? And then how did you feel that call to move into a brand of your own? Because I feel like, you know, some of us, I know myself, I <laughs> having a brand like scares the absolute bejesus out of me. Um, and I'm like, I'm just happy designing for other people. Or you could be the other way and, and really feel called to have your own brand. So I guess, yeah, how did that journey look and feel for you? Yeah, I've, I've always loved painting and drawing. And I guess when you kind of think about that, most things are you become an art teacher or something along those lines, which never really excited me. So I studied a design course after school, I think probably like three years after school, after working in hospitality forever. And I was like, I can't do this forever. I need to like do something that I love. So I did a small design course that did everything from interiors, graphics, textile design, fashion design, illustration, and kind of just wanted to find where I felt I was most called to. And that was where I discovered textile design, which I didn't really know existed. Um, essentially, you're an artist for, yeah, a fashion label or a surface, any kind of surface from curtains to carpets and bedspreads and things. So after a year of doing that course, I got my portfolio together to apply for a Bachelor of Arts in textiles at RMIT in Melbourne which is actually the only school in Australia that is just textile design. There's a TAFE one and a university one. All the other ones are like a fashion textile course. So that was my plan A. I didn't have a plan B and I was getting in no matter what. <laughs> um, and yes, yeah, studied that for three years and absolutely loved it. It was an incredible course, very full on, um, much like the industry, I guess, um, preparing you for that. And yeah, then that flowed into, I guess, my love of getting to create prints and then see people wear them down the street, which was pretty awesome. It still doesn't get old. No. <laughs> um, yeah, like, yeah, flowing through the last 10 years of my life or whatever, I worked for a print studio in Sydney after um, completing my degree, which was incredible. I learned so much in the two and a half years that I was there and I designed prints for some really incredible brands, saw my prints on New York catwalks and in magazines and all of those amazing heartwarming things that you wish for. But I was very burnt out. I was designing 25 prints a week and it was, it was very hard to just churn it out. I didn't really get much time for painting or doing all the things that I loved. So yeah, I jumped ship to become a freelancer which was pretty scary I guess like yeah living in Sydney and trying to afford to live off a freelance income when I basically had no clients in the beginning just sending out cold emails um, with my portfolio luckily after working for the print studio I had a really incredible portfolio where I've worked for some really beautiful brands and a lot of the brands that I had designed for I reached out to because you're very like you're not known in a print studio you're basically just yeah another designer mm. churning out prints for them um that they sell under like not under a name or anything like that um mm -hmm. so it was nice to be known for my work and be able to I guess like work more freely with the brands and and design for them I lived off my freelance 
for probably like four years into wandering folk or four or five years, like a really long time, I think, until I started yeah. working with a business mentor that was like, uh, you need to like actually take a wage from your business. Yeah. <laughs> and how did that look at that point when you left your work? Did you like go cold turkey into freelance, like left your job 100% freelance? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And did you start wandering folk the same time or or did you start it when you were at the um, textile studio or when did you, what was the timing of that? Like? Um, I think I started wandering folk if, like maybe two years after freelancing. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, I built up a pretty incredible list of clients like with freelancing and I was working so much and it was incredible. It was just very, you're very, driven by you have to do the work to get paid basically I was up till Mm -hmm. 3am you never knew when the work was coming in or when it was um like not coming in so it was almost like you were stressed when you had too much work you were stressed when you had no work yeah (laughs) 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 there was no kind of like leveling out it was very up and down but I guess like you're always driven by someone else's brief you're never Mm. actually designing for yourself so that's kind of when I started to think about having my own brand was I would really like love to just design what I want to design and not have someone dictate the changes because though I worked with some really beautiful brands that had amazing ideas at the end of the day they were the one that got the final say with what they wanted because it was their vision Mm -hmm. yeah so it was really like about creating a product that um the print was all me and I was able to make the final say which is actually quite hard <laughs> yeah <laughs> when, you, yeah. when you don't have anyone to like bounce ideas <laughs> off or get feedback absolutely. and it's only you yeah absolutely so how did that all look then starting wandering folk I guess like being naive was probably the best part of it because I had no mm. idea how hard it was going to be <laughs> and <laughs> what a journey it would be I didn't know anyone that had started a business I had no friends in the industry. Living in Sydney was very, I guess, secluded from that creative community because it was such a big city. I only really had like the textile designers around me and most of those girls worked for studios or brands. I worked in and out of different fashion houses as well as doing the freelance because I really missed that beautiful design studio vibe and bouncing Mm. ideas off people. So I yeah worked at Seafoley for a little bit and a few other brands, which was really lovely. And then just like on the side worked, ticking away on Wandering Folk, yeah. made my first samples in Australia and then took them on a big trip around the States to test them. And that's kind of what I guess started the brand and building the identity of Wandering Folk, like the adventure and just kind of living as you go and you're always going to be using a picnic rug no wherever you went so that was pretty amazing because it was very um I guess authentic in I didn't really sit there and come up with any taglines or anything it kind of just happened on this big trip that I went around traveling around that's so cool I love that so I really love how you've sort of done like the whole east coast of Australia, Shani. So like you, you know, studied in Melbourne, you worked in Sydney, you travelled overseas and then you kind of went full circle and ended up back on the north coast of New South Wales where you grew up. 
Was this a part of the Wondering Folk journey? Like when did this move happen? Was this while you were still creating Wondering Folk? At what point was this a part of the journey? Yeah, I always wanted to come back here. I guess you have to go away and travel the world and live in other places to realise how lucky you are with where you grew up. And nothing was, I guess, like the beautiful creative community that is around the North Coast and in Byron did not exist when I left. So leaving was very easy, moving to a city with like lots of beautiful mm-hmm. art galleries and culture and things like that. Yes. And yeah, it slowly grew and it was eight years before I moved back. So there was that real calling to come back to the coast and I always did want to come back. It was just um, my husband is an environmental scientist, so he kind of had to find a job up here for us to move back up. But I think it was about two and a half, three years into starting Wandering Folk that we ended up finally moving back up to the coast, which was really good. And a lot of the labels that I worked with were actually based up here. So it was really nice to be able to um, like pop in and see them and have meetings and not be so secluded and freelance world on your own in a little dark room. Yeah, of course. But it it definitely played a huge part in um, Wandering Folk's journey. Like living in Sydney, I couldn't afford to have um, an external space that was like a shared space or anything like that because it was so expensive to just live. So moving back to Byron, I was able to move in with a friend who had a small business as well in like this beautiful little loft space in the industrial state in Byron. And that was such a dream to be able to remove myself from home and like really separate life and business yeah, and try to leave things at work. And also just having her as my support as well. We were both like doing it by ourselves. So it was nice to, we knew the ins and outs of both businesses, which was really, really beautiful. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm really interested to know about how your team has come about. So at what point in the journey did you start hiring and, you know, what does that look like now? How many people do you have working for you now? And what does that team environment look like? Yeah, well, it was a slow growth. Um, I hired, so when I actually moved back to Byron, I hired my first employee who was a really dear friend of mine, Candy, and, um, she just did everything alongside me and we posted orders together and just did the ins and outs of business. And then I slowly brought on, I think it was maybe like two years, um, before we had someone else come on to help with packing orders now the team is a team of six of us in the office. Um, I have two external freelance and contractors, a business mentor, a wholesale agency in the USA and a wholesale agent in Australia. Amazing. So we're, yeah, we're quite big now. Yeah, that's huge now. <laughs> So we talk about this a lot, Shani, how the life of a creative entrepreneur is not always the easiest path to take. So what gets you up in the morning excited to to get up and and do this this work, this job, this life? And I suppose knowing how your journey's changed over the years, what did that look like when you were freelancing and and what does that look like now with Wondering Folk? Um, Honestly, right now what gets me out of bed is my screaming toddler. But apart from, <laughs> apart from that, 
I love what I do. Like, it's so awesome that I get to do this every day. Like what I'm passionate about and what really drives me is just creating beautiful things that I get to share with the world and having an amazing space that I've created with a beautiful team that are working alongside me to build my dream. That's pretty special to have. Yeah. At the moment, I'm working on new product designs and new prints, which is what I love the most, which is a very small part of what I normally get to do. So it's nice when that kind of season comes around and I do get to be in that design space and thinking about what incredible products I can bring to the world um, and start that process. But, yeah, I guess it has really, like, it has shifted over the years, but what I do love the most is that I get to do it for myself. Like I'm building my own dream rather than somebody else's. Yeah, absolutely. And so it'll be a new baby getting you out of bed in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, that's so cool. In your journey. So we like, like this, this whole idea of following your intuition and your gut um, throughout your creative career in your business now because I think you're a really good example of this like especially with wandering folk like what um because you're so in the spotlight like the brand is in the spotlight you are in the spotlight but we like to look at sort of like marketing and strategy in a way that where we are actually following our our intuition and what feels good so can you give us an example for yourself and maybe for your maybe for yourself or maybe for your brand where you've maybe done something in a not so traditional way that's but it's really worked for you or it's felt really good for you and it, it's it's been good for your business but it's not maybe like you know what you're meant to do or you know like what the gurus are saying um can you think of anything like for yourself or for, for wandering folk um I feel like there's so many different things that you do every day that you're like I never did a business course or wrote a business plan or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, wrote so a business plan, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to know what the like business way of doing something is. But I guess just like, yeah, trying to stay true to the brand and also try to keep up with the social media and everything in the marketing realm that's happening. I think we, at the moment, like wandering folk, we just feel like we're, a media like business where we're just like these content creators that are like a slave to Instagram, yeah. which is so sad because we just want to put out beautiful, perfect content that we create in our amazing campaigns, Yeah, but it doesn't do very well. Um, so therefore you don't get as many eyeballs on it and like your beautiful, authentic branding, like doesn't really get out into the world as if what you were doing, like doing what Instagram wants you to do (laughs) is what gets you out into the world. So I think like we have, we jumped on reels pretty late in the Mm -hmm. um, scheme of marketing to try to build that up. We had um, a family friend of ours that is really knowledgeable in that space and gave us lots of insights and how we could actually make the reels work for us and be very true to the brand So kind of Mm -hmm. getting our head around those things and creating content that was very much wandering folk and not just dancing or doing the things that everybody else is doing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
and TikTok is another one that we've just jumped onto and we're trying to understand again mm. the dancing and the rawness and the really just like just I guess raw raw material is so not what Wandering Folk is mm. but it's also beautiful that it's um what everyone wants to see is the really raw content yeah so I guess like we're just trying to figure out like how we can fit into that space yeah. um, and really stay true to like what we believe in and what we love as well mm-hmm. and that we're not just like dancing around and doing what everybody else want, is doing. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. So trying to find our place there. <laughs> yeah, that's so important, isn't it, to do it in a way that really, really feels right to you. And so the way you're doing it now, does that, um, like how's that working for you? Do you feel like that that's really resonating um, with your audience? It has. Um, it has worked a lot. Like I think we have kind of like nutted out categories that work really well for us. Like we've kind of got behind the brand, our like behind the scenes of a photo shoot, those really like core beautiful picnic settings and adventure as well as like the designing and um, that kind of process as well. So kind of filling those little categories and trying to stay across those while making sure that it's quite true to the brand. My sister works for Wandering Folk as well and she's a marketing assistant. So it's really handy because she just knows me so well. So she lives and breathes (laughs) the brand as much as anyone else that works in the business. So it's really nice to have her. She's creating a lot of the reels and putting those together and running the Instagram and that kind of thing so she knows what what Wandering Folk's all about. Oh, that's so perfect. Yeah, I just want to add too, Shani, that um, as a consumer I feel like what you're doing with reels, like as I what, as I see your feed and, and see your reels pop up, like it's so refreshing to me to see you create it in such a, a genuine way like as opposed to at the moment like feel like I'm being sold to or you know that really like look at me look at me sort of um content I just feel like really inspired by what I see um with what you're doing so um yeah I absolutely love it I absolutely agree I feel like you're one of those rare accounts where you you get to your account on Instagram and it's just like Oh, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's just so beautiful. So whatever you're doing, keep doing it. It is totally working. And following from this, you know, you have created just such a beautiful brand and you're now making that work with this shift in social media uh, and, and it's continuing on. So we'd love to know in terms of the style of Wandering Folk, what the evolution of that has been because it is such a distinct brand like you you will see a rug and know that's wandering folk you just know straight away so what has that looked like for you over the years it's funny because I mean like as textile artists and artists you always talk about the handwriting of someone um being their style and I feel like it's really hard to see your own style Um, I find it so easy to see someone else's style and to explain like how their work is. But when it comes to my own, I feel like because I was trained like 
working at a print studio where I was kind of all over the place with like menswear, kids wear, commercial, high end, like doing all of the things. It has been like a bit of a journey into developing my own style. I've always loved flowers and painting flowers. So I guess that's kind of been the evolution of my style and taken through to like my freelance. That's why people would come to me was for my florals hand-painted ones um and then yeah wandering folk I think my first prints were very much like kind of based on like a magic carpet style and weren't floral but they did morph into that floral style and that's what everyone loves now so it's really I guess I would say like very vintage inspired like detailed painterly florals would be (laughs) if I could define it it's just taken on its own little journey of different types of florals and how you can reestablish the floral in a different way. Mm. So at this point, is that always your inspiration now as well, always going back to those florals? Um, I'm always looking for different ways. Actually, the next year's like prints that I've done are quite different. There is a few that are not florals mm. in there, but still that really hand-painted vibe. But I love like looking to the old art eras of like Art Nouveau and Art Deco and like obsessed with William Morris and everything that he does like or he did um, in his prime. So like I think I'm very inspired by those old eras and then trying to make them more modern and um, established and like choosing colours that are more relevant now. Oh, that's so cool. I love just getting this insight into how you're thinking and how this comes about because we get to experience the beautiful end product. So it's so cool to hear this stuff. And yeah, we're just so excited to to see what this, uh, what these end up being next year. Yeah, well, there's actually three new um, releases um, coming like up to Christmas. So October, November, December, we'll have new products and prints dropping. And because I'm having a baby, I'm trying to get a year ahead on designing and sampling. Um, Also because we've moved to more of like a a pre-sale model with our wholesale. So we sell basically like six months in advance. So we're just about to start selling for like autumn, winter next year. So I'm trying to get myself organized um, and you've got to have all the samples approved and colors and everything done for like, up until April next year, April, May next year. So yeah, I'm kind of just trying to get a year ahead of myself and get those designs done. Yeah. You have to be so organized in that process, don't you? But I feel like the way you create and the way you design, like, because you're always coming back to you and coming back to your beautiful style, like, I guess, um, do you feel like there's less pressure as far as um, following trends and, and things like that and following seasons or um, how does that like how does that look for you? Yeah it's nice to not have to follow trends. Um, I think when I first started Wandering Folk it was very much like I definitely don't want to have a fashion label. I've worked with fashion labels for long enough and in fashion houses to know that I don't want to be driven by seasons and by trends Um, And I wanted to have that little like free flowing, like I can design whatever. Um, But it's kind of done a full like 
360 on me and I definitely have to be driven by that, um, especially now designing for like USA and Australia. So kind of thinking about those colours, do they go across like a kind of winter palette as well as a summer one? But I do like to just come up with my own um, trends and things and, and not really follow what's going on. Yes, you're the trendsetter, Shani, that's why. <laughs> so before you leave, um, we would love to know what is a piece of advice you would love to share with our listeners? And, you know, we have people listening at all different stages of business, so some advice that could help them along the way. I think the biggest thing for me is creating that community around you. I wish that I had more of a small business and creative community when I was first starting Wondering Folk. I didn't have that till like, I guess, three years into my journey. And it's just so important. I've got really beautiful friends that all run small businesses and are kind of running along um, the same journey as me. It's no one understands it as much as someone that's actually walking the path with you like they can listen to the heartaches and the things you're going through but um just having that person that's literally um on the same path as you and you can share your wins and your losses with them it's so important it's so important to hear how hard it is from that other person as well so that you're not alone so trying to build some kind of community creative or small business community around you i think is really what will get you through that is such amazing advice. Thanks, Shani. We totally agree. Um, and then just a final question, what's coming up for you? So we know there's another baby. We know there's um, the new season of Wandering Folk, but you're always releasing new products and doing new collaborations. So what's on the horizon for Wandering Folk? Well, at the moment, we're focusing on trying to build Wandering Folk in the US. We've recently got a wholesale agent over there who's been working with us for the past six months. So we're slowly trying to build it over there. We've got some really, really incredible collaborations that are coming up next year that are all different kinds of collaborations. So yeah, something a little bit different. And yeah, there's some new products that I've been working on for, I think the one that's releasing in February, I've been working on for four years to try to get across the line. So that's going to be so exciting when I finally get to launch that to the world. Amazing. Absolutely. Thank you so, so much for coming, Shani. We have loved chatting with you. You're incredibly inspiring and we just know that everyone listening will love this as much as we did and we will be cheering you on and cannot wait to see everything that you have coming. Thanks for having me. It's been so fun to chat. Yeah, all the best with your new bubba as well and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you for joining us on A Creative Life. You can follow our creative lives on Instagram at Castella Design, at Revelus Design, and of course the podcast Instagram at The Creative Life Podcast. If you liked today's episode and want to hear more, we would love it if you subscribe and leave a review. And if you want to be featured on the potty with your own question, shoot us an email to hello at a creative life podcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Big love.